Good evening and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. And uh, I believe that God is on the move and he's wanting us to draw closer to him. I want to tonight uh, talk from a very probably familiar portion of scripture. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse number 7. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation tonight. It just says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And uh, I, I want to talk to you about uh, fear a little bit tonight and unlocking fear in our life. And uh, fear is an interesting thing because most of us don't don't classify some of the stuff that we deal with as it being based in fear but fear uh, it is simply the thing that hinders us from uh, reaching forward to what God has for us uh, E Stanley Jones said this we are inwardly constructed in nerve and tissue brain cell and soul for faith and not for fear. God made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. I'm going to say that again. To live by worry is to live against reality. And worry goes hand in hand with fear. Um, but And so I want to talk about fear tonight. I want to talk about how fear uh, weaves its way into our life and it oftentimes manifests itself in worry. And uh, there's four common fears, and obviously there's a ton of phobias, but all of them kind of fall, a lot of them fall into uh, one of four things. Uh, the fear of loss, whether it be a loved one, whether it be a job. Uh, how many of you have ever gone into a panic when you couldn't find your wallet or your car keys or your phone? God forbid we ever misplace our phone. Sometimes I wonder what we used to do when we didn't have cell phones. Um, and but there's a there's a panic that takes place when we can't find our phone or our wallet or our keys. Uh, there's the fear of failure, and because we're afraid to fail, uh, we overwork ourselves. We we over uh, emphasize our performance instead of what we are supposed to be doing and that carries over in with God and uh, fear of failure oftentimes makes us uh, the old statement that I've used several times is we become too busy to be too busy for God and we and, and we miss the opportunity that God is wanting us to pull aside because we're so worried about failing at the project that's in front of us instead of the process and instead of the promise, and instead of God being able to lead and guide us into the appropriate areas of, of life. Uh, there's the fear of rejection. The fear of rejection. There are times in our lives where we hesitate and we pause simply be, be, because we're afraid of what somebody's going to say. They're not going to accept a change in our life. They're not going to accept the message that, that we're trying to portray now, and we get to a place where, oh my Lord, you know, I, I, there's no way I can do this because this person's not going to love me, or this person's going to reject me, or 
or whatever it may be. And then there's an all-encompassing fear, and that's the fear of the unknown. And a lot of times that's the phobias that we have. But the, the fear of the unknown, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. And I understand that in Scripture. We're not promised uh, a week from now, a month from now. We plan like we're going to be here forever, but um, and we, but in all actuality, we understand in the back of our mind that nobody's promised another minute. Anything could happen at any moment. And so there's a fear of what's going to happen next week. There's a fear of what's... And, and what ends up happening is we try to live not in the moment that we're living. We're trying to live in the week that we're that we think is going to happen, or we or we do it in the way that um, we think some certain situations are going to turn around or turn out. And, and so we're we get to this place where we wonder what in the world is going on and and, and how we we operate and how we move now because we are afraid of how that's going to turn out next week. And so we hesitate from trusting God now because we're not sure of what's going to take place next week. I'm not sure, should I take this job today when I don't know where I'll be next week? There are those fears, those apprehensions that come in. Again, the four fears are loss, failure, rejection, and unknown. And let me just let me just tell you that the Bible says this. He says he's given to each man the measure of faith. So fear is having faith. It's just having faith in the wrong things. It's having faith in the uncertain things. It's having faith in uh, what you think you deserve and what you think you have and the heartbreak of a loss and and et cetera, et cetera, uh, lets us know that fear is 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 really faith in the wrong things. Um, I would say, let me put it to you this way. I want to look at a different kind of definition of fear tonight, and that is, I'm going to define it this way. Fear is uh, placing our faith in the what-ifs of life. I'll say that again. Fear is placing our faith in the what-ifs of life. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, God wants me to do this, but what if this person rejects me? God wants me to pray for this person, but what if they turn their back on me? Or what if they laugh in my face? Or what if they're not, they don't accept it? What if I get embarrassed? I, I don't want to use the gift that God's given me. I don't want to speak out. I don't want to, to step in. I don't want to do that because what if doesn't happen? I don't want to pray for healing because what if the person isn't healed? I don't want to love that person because what if they reject me? I don't want to take this job because what if I'm not very good at it? Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to move now because what if my move in, in the spirit or in the natural, what if my move is actually the wrong thing because I don't know what's coming tomorrow? What if, what if, what if becomes the focal point of our faith and we're thinking more about the what ifs than what God says. I, I hope you get that tonight. And so um, here's what happens when we start dwelling in the what ifs. And, and for all of us, me and you and everybody that hears this, the, the what ifs are natural. They, the, all of us, you know, we thought of, because we're, we're trained this way. Think of your math class growing up. 
What if you do the multiplication wrong? Well, then you get the wrong answer. What if you go through the wrong process for this particular problem? Well, you get the wrong uh, the wrong answer, and then you also get a bad grade. <laughs> and so we were, we're almost trained or, or ingrained in us to operate in the what ifs. Um, I remember in choosing to go to Bible college, what if the ministry can't pay me? What, are you, what kind of a degree are you going to get? What kind of a job or career are you going to have? And and, and and what if, and, and, you know, I was bound and determined to say, no, I'm going to be in the ministry. And that was wonderful and well, but can I just tell you, I'm into my 35th year in the ministry and I am in my fifth year of being full time. That's five years out of 35. That's my first year in the ministry. That's three in the middle of my ministry. And now about six months, seven months now here being full-time in the ministry. So I had to have other jobs in order to pay the bills, okay? And and I'm thankful for it. It's It taught me a lot, and, and I've been blessed by it. But when I was 17, that wasn't even a, a concern of mine. So I didn't even look at other kinds. So the jobs that I've had through the years um, were, were, were jobs that I just was able to get because uh, I didn't need the credentials or anything of that nature, and I'm thankful for it. But you play the what-if game too long, and you miss out on what God is trying to do. Can I just tell you that we need ministry in the doctor's offices? We need ministry in the warehouses. We need ministry in the post office. We need ministry in, in the libraries. We need ministry in the construction companies. We need ministry in the furniture companies. You can have your ministry operating wherever if you don't allow the what if to hinder and say, well, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this. But if you would just say, okay, I'll do what God is asking me to do, no matter what the outcome is, all of a sudden things change. Um, this is some of the impact that happens when we begin to operate in fear is really troubling. For instance, uh, when you are fearful uh, in the physical, you, you can have shortness of breath. There can be tears. There can be hyper alertness. Your heartbeat starts beating rapidly. You sweat. You get tired, et cetera, et cetera. Those things that happen in our flesh and, and, and we get so fearful. I remember growing up, uh, I had no reason to, to fear, but I remember very clearly and vividly that I would be up at my friends up across the street, and we lived in a good neighborhood, and everybody knew everybody. Uh, we never locked our doors growing up. Um, but I remember that when I would leave my friend's house after dark to go home, um, I didn't casually walk. <laughs> I had memorized the 50-some-odd steps down the hill to the house, and I could skip three or four at a time and know that I wasn't going to fall flat on my face why? Because there was just that what if. What if somebody's out here in the dark? And, um, and, and you, could, you could sense that hyper alertness or that shortness of breath. And, and the rapid heart beating wasn't just because I was running down steps. It was because I knew I needed to get to my house. Um, but think about also the emotional uh, ramifications of fear. You know, terror, numbness, depression, uh, grief, loss of hope. You know, part of grieving is the process, you're processing your fear. Uh, you, you lose a loved one, 
And that grieving process is how really the, if you look, if you pare it all the way down, it's not just because that loved one has gone on to their reward and they're no longer here. The grieving process is the process of dealing with the fear that they're not here anymore. Who am I going to call when I need to have this question? How am I going to feel when I, I don't have this person to lean on? Uh, I, I'm going to miss their laughter. What, what's going to replace their laughter in my life? What's going to replace their mercy in my life, their, their love, their kindness? And, and that whole process of grieving and quote unquote getting over it, which I don't think you ever do, but you, that, that whole process of grieving is simply the deconstruction of the fear of the moment that, they, that you've experienced the loss. And it's the reason why it's important that we grieve, because grieving gets us through the fear of that loss. Uh, there, there's mental uh, uh, issues that arise from fear. Increased or decreased ability to focus or make the decisions, irrationality, um, runaway thoughts. Uh, can I just tell you, if you are getting weird thoughts uh, that come popping up in your mind, I... I want to just suggest to you tonight that you may be dealing with some fear in your life and you need to overcome the fear in order to overcome the thoughts. And because uh, fear messes with our brains, fear uh, messes with the way we think. We don't think clearly when we're afraid. Um, they're relational fears, deeper dependence on others, an inability to connect, a withdraw, and uh, an increased uh, willingness to not ask for help, to isolate ourselves. Can I just tell you that that's a sign of fear? And we read in the passage tonight that he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Um, spiritual, you experience the diminishing awareness of God's presence when you're operating in fear. Um, there's... there's uh, you feel abandoned. Even by God, you feel abandoned because of our fears. We question sometimes the goodness of God in our fears. See, when we see all the stuff that's happening around the world today, there can be, the enemy is wanting us to be fearful of it. But can I tell you what really it should tell us is soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. That should be an excitement to us. That should be a power to us. That should be an enlightenment to us that no matter how bad it gets in the world, it means we're one step closer to seeing our Savior. And, and that should excite us, not cause us to be fearful. And so my question to you tonight is, how are you processing the, the fear of loss, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of unknown? How are you processing? Because if the enemy can make us afraid, or fearful of things that are in the what-if category, it's going to stop us in our tracks of progressing on our journey in living for God. Um, I, I want to share this with you. I want to make two statements. Because, first of all, I want you just to do this. I want you just, I'm just going to be quiet for about 10 seconds. And when I'm quiet, I just want you to think of the things that you recognize in you as fear of the what if. What if this? What if this? What if this? 
And I want you just to begin to identify some of those things in your mind and in your spirit. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Ready? Go. All right, so you have some things in your mind that have caused you fear and apprehension. I, I want to make two statements to you tonight and not to criticize you, not to uh, condemn you, but to challenge you to recognize that fear is not of the Lord. Because those things that came to your mind in those 10 seconds, and there will be others, but what you fear is what you value the most. What you fear is what you value the most. In other words, that what if, that's what you're valuing the most. So if you're fearful of rejection, that tells you that your value of being accepted by others is, is, is of value to you. Now, that's not necessarily wrong, but here's my question. Would you rather value the acceptance of others or would you rather have value the acceptance of the Lord in doing what God is asking you to do? Okay, does it, does that, I hope that makes sense to somebody. When, whatever you fear the most is where you value the most. And then the second statement going hand in hand really with this is what you fear is where you trust God the least. I'll say that again. What you fear is what you trust God the least or where you trust God the least. So if, if fear is if fear is identifying for you the thing that you value and fear is the thing that lets you know that it's the least area where you trust God, that lets me know something that lets me know something in my life. And I'm not talking, speaking on your behalf that I know about you, but here's what I know is when I recognize the thing that I value is the thing that I fear, then I've got to turn that valuable thing over to God. Okay. Because God needs to be the most valuable because when God gives me the spirit of love and a strong mind and and self-discipline and lets me step into something, it, it doesn't matter what the, the what if is because I value God the most. Now, I, I said I don't say that in condemnation because all of us from time to time operate in the spirit of fear because um, it, it's just human nature. I, I want to take another or offer to you another exercise in, in doing this. I want you to uh, make an I believe or an I trust statement based on the fears. For example, if you're afraid of losing your job, your belief statement might be, I believe my job is the source of my security. Okay. Um, if you fear the unknown, you might make a statement, I trust in my ability to control what happens to me. Okay. Here, here's what happens. If, if you believe your job is the source of your security, then you're fearful all the time of losing that job. But if you move the source of your security to Jesus instead of to the job, then you understand that you're not going to have to fear about your job because the Lord is going to provide wherever because he's where you get your security. 
if you fear the unknown and you trust in the ability to control what happens to me, that lets me know this, that you have removed the aspect of fear because you're just going to deal with it because you have put God in the right place and taken him out of the other place. Okay, so though, when we're afraid, God has already promised us to help. If you read Psalm 34, 4, I'm going to turn to that in, in the, the New Living. It's Psalm Again, Psalm 34, let me get to it. Psalm 34, 4, it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And uh, I, I believe that the 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 King James Version uses the word delivered instead of freed. It simply means to have rescued, to save, to snatch away, to pull out, to extricate. So if you find yourself in fear, God is standing there ready to reach his hand down and pull you out of that fear. And, and, it, 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 and in both situations in this psalm, I believe it's both the, the human activity and the divine activity that has to come together in order for us to have the fear diminished in our life. In other words, let me put it to you this way. The psalmist said that he sought God and then God delivers. On our, our behalf, we need to seek God. And on God's behalf, he promises to deliver. And so uh, I believe that we are living in an age today and in a situation today where if the enemy can get you to fear the what ifs, Here's the, pro here's the biggest problem with the what-ifs. They haven't happened yet. So you're placing fear in something that hasn't even taken place yet. And so what you're really doing, and I, and I don't mean to, to criticize again or condemn, but when you and I fear something or are afraid of something, it is irrational because it's not based on reality. It's based on what we think might happen. It's not guaranteed to happen. It's the what if. What if this happens? Okay. And, and so uh, it's not even based in reality because nothing has happened yet, but we're fearful and it, it blocks us from stepping into things. And so I am here tonight to challenge somebody to grasp a hold of the promise of Psalm 34 and 2 Timothy 1. The, the promise of, of Psalm 34 that he will deliver you or make you free from your fears. And in, in 2 Timothy 1, that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and strong mind and self-discipline. I, I, I just believe tonight that we need to be fearless. God is calling us to a season of being fearless, of stepping into the thing that God wants, of of operating in the in the, the way and the means that God has designed. And I believe that we're going to see great things in him. Praise God. I'm praying for you tonight that God will help you in your fears, that God will release you from that worry. Worry is simply thinking on the fear that you have. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I listen, I'm realistic enough to know that we all deal with fear from time to time. But let me just say this. God is right there, ready to reach out and answer. 
and give you strength to overcome the what-ifs in life. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for this time together. I'm asking you, Lord, to bless each person that watches this and listens to this. Lord, that you would reach into their life and pull them out of the atmosphere of fear. Let them experience the love and the sound mind of the Holy Spirit and allow us to feel the deliverance from all of our fears. Free us tonight, O oh God. Give peace and comfort. Let everyone that hears this, Lord, sleep soundly through the night with the removal of worry and fear from their life and let them rest in the hands of the Master, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Just a reminder for those of you that are part of Spirit of Grace, we're going to be breaking up the platform on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. If you have saws and hammers and uh, pry bars and, and things of that nature, bring them. It'll be a good time of fellowship as well as some hard work, uh, creating some space for more seating. So we're looking forward to that. God bless you. Don't forget Sunday school at 930 on Sunday and worship at 1030. We love you all. Have a great rest of the week in Jesus name.